it's so daunting to try and like figure out your life when like the world can't even figure itself out. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of We Love It Here. I'm Lauren. And I'm Mia. And we are happy to be back with you guys. Episode six? I don't know. I lost yes, count. Yes, I think it's six. At this point, we've just... I'm the one who somebody. uploads it, so I know, <laughs> I know what time it is. Guys, what it do? What, what it do in a sundress? What it do in a sundress? We can almost wear sundresses again. We, we are so close. We're getting so close. We are so close. Sunshine is happiness, and we've had a lot of it in... Boston. More to come, hopefully. Yes. And hopefully it's sunny where you are, too, because the sunshine really helps. Yeah, except if, like, you're from Florida or something like that, or somewhere warm. Need a little less sunshine. Yeah, (laughs) we hate you. Okay. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) What I hate on this podcast. That's not how we want to start this. We love you. We love everyone. We love you. Except for the people that we specifically pointed out that we hate in previous episodes. We are. We stand by our word. Yes, we stand by that. All right, let's uh, start off with a little recap, Mia. How was your week? Um, my weekend. week, yeah, my weekend was fun. We hung out, which we was did. awesome. We had like a little get together with like six or seven friends. We all wore masks. I'm just kidding. We did not, <laughs> but we're all, <laughs> everybody's like, oh my God, get together. That's unsafe. But we are all safe. It's part of our circle. Yes. It was fun. Um, we stayed in, um, and it was just like a great time. Awesome. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. And then on Saturday, I, now now we're talking about my weekend, <laughs> I actually got to like go outside, I went to a brewery, sat outside in the sunshine, had the sun in my eyes, it was so nice. So it was a good, it was, and it was beautiful weather. It was a solid weekend. And then we had a sleepover on Saturday. We did have a little sleepover. I love sleepovers with Lauren. And we by watched... sleepover, we mean that Mia fell asleep as soon as she got there. <laughs> Guys, we know this is what we do. But we watched Billy on the Street, which was on Netflix, right? Yeah, it is on Netflix. But if you are bored and have nothing to do and just want to laugh, it's hilarious. I feel like I've watched it so many times and I forget every single time. And then I watch it again like it's the first time I've seen it. You can't not laugh. It's so funny. It's so awesome. And then we did brunch on Sunday at um, a little golf course restaurant spot. Um, But it's been a a great weekend overall. Yes. Um, One thing that happened to me this morning and... It's it's not anything, you know, crazy, but I just was like, I'm going to mention this in the podcast. But so I was driving home uh, from my workout from the class that I taught and somebody was trying to cut me off and I didn't let them. I was just like doing my thing and they like flipped me off. And I was like, it is Monday morning. It, not only is it Monday morning, I'm like, I'm so sorry, sir, that you're an angry person inside. Like it is not even 9 a.m. Why are you like this? And so... One thing that I've been trying to do more of is to kind of like not let situations control my emotions and mm. me like be like you just like knowing how I react to certain things. And usually I'd have like crazy road rage and honk and like pass him by and like make eye contact. But I was like, wow, I'm sorry for you. Like, I, I hope something good happens to you today because you are an angry person. Yeah, I'm usually like a pretty mellow driver unless... I'm not in a good mood, and then I'm like the angriest driver ever. Like, well, like the other a uh, couple weeks ago, I was driving, and like two people tried to get in my lane, like next to me, like right. cut me off, and like basically try to kill me, right. like in within five minutes of each other, and I just like lost it. I was like, can nobody fucking drive today? Like, are you <laughs> fucking kidding me? Yeah, I it was I, bad. I used to be a petty driver. I'm trying to be better about it, yes. but overall. A good weekend. I'm excited for more warm weather. It definitely is like a mood booster. Yes. 
But yeah. Yeah. And that's actually what I'm thankful for this week. Me too. Really? Yeah, it's the yeah, warm yeah. weather because it just, it changes your mood like so crazy. it's insane it's it's insane because i'm like a plant like if i get some vitamin d i'm the happiest person ever i love warm weather i love the sun i just want to be outside mm-hmm. so i went for a long i went for like a two and a half mile walk today Dang girl. um it's just like if you have warm weather make sure you're outside it's working from home we you know give too much because we want we overcompensate sometimes because we want to make sure people know we're doing our job mm. but make sure you give yourself a break and you know go outside or rest or exercise or move or do whatever it is you need to do but step away i'm so bad at that you need to get better today i i did i just like sat outside yeah and of course as soon as i sat outside my boss called me i was like <laughs> you know he, you know, he, he was like call me and i was like no no <laughs> i did though. yeah but i'm i'm also super grateful for that and yeah. I mean, yeah, and I feel like that kind of ties into our topic for the week. So should we just should we just get on with it now that we're like five minutes in? <laughs> wait, wait, drum roll. This week we are talking about mental health. health. Bum, this, bum, bum. this is such an important topic, and Lauren and I have extremely different views and experiences with it. And this is something that whenever we used to talk about in private, we would be like, "Oh, if only like we had a podcast and we could talk about this on it and talk about our different experiences," and here we are. Here we are. So we figured we would uh, just, again, talk about our different experiences. Lauren has some stats for us, per usual. Brainy Lauren. Yes. Um, and we'll go from there. So do you want to start us off? Yes. So these stats uh, are not meant to bore you. It's just basically... Well, to... Wait, before we start, let's okay. preface this by saying what you were talking about in terms okay, of... Okay. Yeah. So when I was doing some of my research, research if I can talk, mm-hmm. there's definitely a differentiation mm-hmm. between mental illness and severe mental illness. So the mental illness that we're talking about today is like anxiety, depression, PTSD, stress. ADHD. Oh, stress isn't a mental health. Oh, it's a mental illness. Oh, fuck. This is this is exactly <laughs> is what we're gonna. This why we need to talk about this it. Extreme stress. stress? No, <laughs> but severe mental health uh, issues are things that like completely limit some an individual from being able to like be a functioning part of society. So if you have really really bad. Um, schizophrenia yeah and you just like you can't even like have a job or anything like that like that's not what we're getting into because i don't have experience with that yeah we're not qualified we don't have experience with it so we're talking more about the day-to-day yeah and you know anxiety depression and all that good stuff is what more people are great stuff great stuff (laughs) is what more people are um experiencing Mm -hmm. and that's what we wanted to talk about because one out of the two people on this podcast have experience with that and we'll tell us a little more we'll let you guess who it is Okay, so right, some of the stats about mental health. Um, so one in five Americans live with a mental health, mental illness. And I was just saying, I don't like the term mental illness because it's like when you think of someone it as being it so sick. Dull. Well, just like being sick. Yeah. It's like like sick in the head. Like is it is a thing that people used to say? Like someone's like like you're just like mental and you're unwell. Mm-hmm. When it's like no, like I if you look at someone, you can't tell what their mental like right right. You, you can't is. tell what's going on inside. Yeah. So. Um, one in five, so that's twenty percent of the population. Women, twenty-five percent of women have a mental illness, at least mm-hmm. one. And it's only sixteen percent in men. And I kind of attribute that. I don't think I actually think it's higher in men. I just don't think men talk about it. Men aren't as willing to seek out help. And I don't have a stat on this, I don't know, but just like women are more like able to talk about like talk their about emotions, emotions and yeah. feelings and, and being like, wow, something's wrong with me. I need to get help. Whereas I feel like men kind of like keep that in. Yeah. Um, 
These numbers are the highest among the 18 to 25 age group. That doesn't surprise me. That's a very like stressful yeah. time in life. Um, in 2019, less than half of the people with a mental illness received mental health services. So Is that because they didn't um, seek them or because they didn't have access to them? I think both. Okay. And we'll kind of get to the access. Um, and another thing, and this is something that I can kind of relate to, the average delay between the onset of mental illness symptoms and getting treatment is 11 years. So you can experience symptoms and the average person will not get help for another decade. And that's a decade of your life that you're suffering and you, I mean, it's it's hard to ask for help and like, we'll talk about that too, but that's just crazy. That that's a was long crazy time. to me. Yeah. Um, and then 20% of adults with mental illness also experience substance abuse disorders. Mm-hmm. That didn't surprise me at all. Um, this one really surprised me. 55% of counties in the U.S. don't have a single practicing psychiatrist. Wow. To, like, to date? Yeah. That's insane. I think this is from, these are like 2019 numbers, because yeah. 2020 numbers are skewed way yeah. off. <laughs> we don't, I don't, <laughs> don't want to know the numbers after 2020. Um, wow, that's low. I yeah. mean, that's high. That's yeah. a high number to of not have. Yeah, counties. But I mean, for anyone who, who's looked for a therapist or a psychiatrist, I think that they're not surprised by that number, because right. it's so hard to find. Right. And we live in Boston, where there's so many doctors. And, right, like and, healthcare. Is yeah, like, healthcare is huge like, here. Yeah, there's a lot of people practicing, but if you think like out in rural anywhere, like... Tulsa, who's gonna Oklahoma. be? Who, Tulsa's a city. <laughs> I know, and that doesn't mean they got psychiatrists. But I, yeah, but I mean that's that's really sad, and, and there's definitely a shortage of um, mental health professionals Resources and health. In yeah, yeah. Um, one, this is like a trigger warning thing. This I just thought this was so so sad. Um, so for for people among the age group ten to thirty four, mm-hmm. suicide is the second leading cause of death. 10. Shit, that's insane. That's like starting young. at 10. Yeah. Like any age it's sad, but like that is so. Like that's I, really, that really just, young. Yeah. And 90% of people who die by suicide had shown symptoms of mental health condition, mm-hmm. but only 40%, 46% had it diagnosed. Yeah. So it's like. That's yeah. crazy. This this also kind of like ties into, I don't know if anybody watched the, did you end up watching the Meghan Michael Oprah interview? No. I think that was a super... I've seen, like, all the important clips. Of course. Uh, but that was a super interesting thing to watch. I watched it because I love Meghan Markle. But mm-hmm. also, like, she was talking about how she had suicidal thoughts and she went to the peoples and was like, hey, I need to check in somewhere. I can't be left alone. These are the thoughts I've, I'm having. And they're like, oh, no, 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 you'll be fine. You'll, yeah. you'll figure it out. We all go through it. Yeah. And that's insane to me. So I wonder if it's, like, a lot of cases like that where people reach out for help, but they're kind of just, you know... Uh, well, again, there's, to, you know, figure it out. There's a lack of resources if you even right. are feeling that way. I mean, there's also this, there's the suicide prevention hotline. Right. I don't know the number, but we can put it in the, yeah, the yeah, description. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like personally, I have never been suicidal. Right. But I com- like completely understand where that comes from. And like mm-hmm. I've had to reach out to like those help phone numbers, like not that one, mm-hmm. but like other ones when like I'm just at a point where like I don't know what to do anymore. And like yeah. I need like professional help right like before I had a therapist like before I had anyone to talk to I was like I am excuse at me my <laughs> like, excuse me oh my gosh I'm a chopped liver <laughs> you're um, not a mental no, health but professional I, but I see what yeah I see what you're saying that's only happened once but yeah. it, it's like you I can understand how people can get to that point it's like really really hard uh, also let's preface this by saying that Lauren as you know is born and raised in the U.S. and then I am born and raised in Morocco and I moved here 11 years ago I'm mm-hmm. now 27 years old so I moved here, do the math, what, I was 18, 19? 
Yeah. Yeah. So I was around that age group. So no, I you were did, 17. I was 17. Whatever. Because we were in high school. Oh, yeah. So um, I, I did like my growing up and like my teenagers in Morocco and then moved here. And I would say I matured in the U.S. And that's why Lauren and I have such different experiences with anxiety and mental health and things of the sort. So do you want to talk a little about your background? Why not? Sure. Uh, with, you know, anxiety and stuff. So my like diagnosed mental health disorders we'll call them Mm -hmm. i have anxiety depression and ptsd which is post-traumatic stress disorder which is a whole story okay um i had anxiety first i'll say first in quotes what how old were you when you got anxiety it was in high school and i had this specific moment where i was walking down a hallway and it was like a busy intersection and all of a sudden i got like tunnel vision like, if you're in a movie where, like, everything kind of, like, pulls back and, like, it's tunnel vision, like, right. that happened to me. And I didn't know what was happening, so I went to the nurse's office and, like, went home. And that was, like, the first time I remember feeling, like, anxious for no reason. Where in, where, what grade in high school were you? It was probably, like, like junior, junior year, senior year. And after that, like, I didn't really do anything about it. And then once I got to college, I felt like it was getting worse and worse. And when I was in college, I did seek out like they had like therapy services but it was like not great right um but i did work with a a doctor on campus and was prescribed uh medication for anxiety okay and i feel like college is when like it's kind of a culmination of that when that happens because you're just so stressed and you're so like you don't know exactly what the right thing to do is and you're trying to like make all these decisions that are going to affect the rest of your life and that's when it really just starts to like like people's mental health starts to like break down a lot and I feel like after college, it was better, but at the same time, like, that's, that's been, when things, like, kicked off for me, and, and I've been on medication since college. Right, so that's that was going to be my question. Ever since you got prescribed medication in college for anxiety, you've been on it to this day? Yes. And I actually long, just how many years? So, how many years has that been since you've been taking some kind of medication for anxiety? Um, God, how long have we been out of college? Like, five years now, I think? Six years? Yeah. Yeah. So it's probably been like seven or eight years. Wow. Oh my okay. God. It's, okay. It's crazy. Um, and then you said you also have depression. Yeah. So the depression was something that like I like I feel like everyone has felt depressed at some point. And another thing I don't like is when people like use depressed or anxious or Lightly. I had a panic attack as yeah. just like I was having a bad day. Right. Like that's not what it is. Like when you're suffering from depression, it's like multiple days of like Every single thing you try to do is, like, takes so much more effort than it ever would before. And, like, it's that it's just, like, so frustrating because, like, life is hard enough mm. without your own mind trying to pull you back. Like, there are so many things in life, like, trying to stop you. And when it's your own brain that's doing that to you, you're just like, well, I, how am I ever going to succeed if, like, I can't even get out of my own way and, like, to do anything? And so the depression diagnosis has only been really in, like, the last year and I feel like it makes a lot of sense because it de- there's definitely periods I go through where, like, I am just, like, cannot even, like, take care of myself. Like, taking a shower is, like, a big a job. Like, it's like a – I'm like, oh, my God, I feel so good. I actually took a shower today. Or, like, um, like just, like, little things like that where, like, it feels like an accomplishment even though it's, like, something you should be doing. Right. And when you're in, like, a depressive episode, you don't realize you're in it until you're out of it. So, like, I'll – so how did you realize you're depressed? Were you, what, 
Were you diagnosed? Did, was it a from moment? Go, from what? going to, through, to therapy. And then your therapist told you you're depressed. She was like, I don't think you have anxiety as much as like you're suffering from depression. And so I recently switched my medication um, because I was on technically an antidepressant, but one that was more used to treat anxiety because anxiety and depression like go hand in hand. So like the medications kind of treat both. But the the medication, my therapist was like, this isn't going to work. This isn't working for you the way you need it to work. Like you should try something else. And the switch I was really nervous about because like, when you switch antidepressants, like, you can really, like, it can really mess with you for a while. Right, and it was that. kind of coinciding with, like, me starting a new job. And so I was really worried that, like, I was going to, like, have a complete episode and, like, not be able to, like, start my new job. And, like, right. that was kind of part of one of the things that, like, led to, like, me being having such an issue. And I know that, like, COVID, a lot of people have been suffering from, like, mental health issues and, like, just, like, feelings of dread and all of that. And that's actually how I described, remember, like, at the beginning when you were still in Morocco? And you were, like, saying how you felt, like, really unsure and you were really nervous about, like, how things were going to turn out and, and all that. And I was like, this is what anxiety feels like. I know. And you said, except it's every single except day. Except it's every day, but for no reason. Like, yeah. you can't figure out. Like, yeah. it's literally. I, I was thinking about that earlier. Yeah. And I was like, that's insane because it was a thought that crossed my mind maybe for, like, 30 minutes. But you're like, I have that thought every single day. Yeah. For no reason. It's, it's like a feeling of dread and something bad is coming. Right. Or like you're going to do something and like mess up your entire life. Like it's, right. it's just like that. Like, and it's not, it's like one of those things where people are like that meme where it's like, I feel anxious. Everyone else, don't feel anxious. Like, oh, okay. I feel I'm better. Cured. I'm cured. Yeah. It's that type of thing. It's like, I can't explain why. Right. So how is. am I supposed to fix it if I can't explain, like, what's wrong in the first place? Right. Well, I mean, now I understand all of that from you telling me. But just to, to I'm going to preface this by saying I did not understand any of this um, up until maybe, like, a couple months ago, maybe six months ago, that I really uh, got a grip. And to give you guys background, like I said, I was born and raised in Morocco and... In Morocco, and I don't want to generalize, but I've growing up, I never knew what anxiety is or depression or I don't know if we have a different lifestyle. I think people have like, for the most part, a happier lifestyle and we have a different outlook on life. But I do know that in Morocco, the um, kind of answer to a lot of things is like, no, no, no you'll be okay. You'll yeah. be okay. Just deal with it. I never you know, thankfully, I never, you know, felt any kind of way or had any feelings or felt anxious and approached my family about it. And they were like, deal with it. It's just something that never happened to me. I remember my childhood being like normal, whatever. But I have heard from people who have had like thoughts and stuff and they'll go to their parents or whoever um, and they'll tell them and the person will just be like, no, no, you're just you just have a headache or like, mm -hmm. just take this and you'll Drink be some fine. water. Exactly. And so. Um, I think that that might be the reason I didn't I didn't look up a lot of stats on healthcare in Morocco and not healthcare. I'm sorry, more so mental health, um, just because I wanted to speak from personal experience. But I that was the culture overall, like therapy. I never heard of therapy before before coming here. Mm -hmm. um, psychiatrists were for crazy people. Yeah. So it was you know what I mean? Like. I think that the deal with it concept almost helped people get stronger mentally in a way. And I know, again, Lauren and I disagree on a lot of things, but, you know, we've come to terms. But so truly, I, it's not it's not a conversation we have. And it might be one of two things. People get mentally stronger because they kind of like suppress those feelings and are like they kind of like brush them under the rug mm. or they're just really internally dealing with things but can't express them because it's always uh, faced with a, oh, you just have a headache or it'll be fine. But we can't really say if it's one or the other. Right. 
because we don't know. Yeah. But from my personal experience, like I said, I had a pretty normal, happy childhood where I never felt these feelings. So fast forward, I moved to the U.S. and like in the beginning years, I really didn't like have any friends or anyone who had anxiety. And I think two or three years ago, I dated someone who had pretty severe anxiety and I did not understand it and um he would uh, he was I, I felt like he was a hypochondriac but he would just get anxious about any small thing like like if anything hurt he would need to go to the doctor even if it was something minor and in my head I was like this person is not masculine they're not just like you know dealing with it like a man would and obviously you know that's the wrong way to look at it but that's all I've known before um and like he would stress out about certain things and that where I just really didn't understand but I I accepted it um and then Lauren had anxiety at the same time but she didn't it, it was different kinds of anxiety because of course people react to it differently not everybody has the same reaction to anxiety and Lauren I had never seen her have an episode or all I knew is she was taking her meds and like things were cool and that's that so when I started to talk to her about this she's like yeah that's what anxiety is and it's like different for different people and some people worry about health and need to go see a doctor every other day and some people worry about other things um but that's still not really when I got the gist of it because the way I always I wouldn't say the way I always looked at anxiety but it just didn't make sense to me up until this pandemic mm -hmm. and the eye-opening part of it was as Lauren has talked about in the pod she lost her job around March so like a year ago um and in that time she was you know I'm, I'm gonna talk about you are you okay with that no because, don't talk about me <laughs> because I feel like that's what opened my eyes to anxiety yeah um so are you okay with me disclosing information you have my consent <laughs> okay if I don't you. want it I'll just edit it out <laughs> just later just edit it out <laughs> Um, but so I was in Morocco, so I was quarantined in Morocco because I went there on vacation. I ended up getting stuck there for four months and like I would talk to Lauren and the way I saw it from my perspective, and this is not necessarily what it was like, was I was like, okay, we're all dealing with this pandemic differently. Lauren just lost her job. It's hard on her. You know, it will take her like a month. Lauren's eating spaghetti squash and like the squish of it is like in my eardrums, <laughs> like move away. But so the way I, I was thinking about it is I'm like, okay, it's going to take her like maybe a month to get back on her feet, start looking for jobs, you know, get her structure back. Great. Um, it didn't take her a month. It took her a little longer. And, you know, two, three, four months passed by and I started to get frustrated with her just because I love her so much and I care about her and I'm very invested in her. And I'm like, why the fuck is she just chilling on her couch? Why is she not trying harder to get a job? Why is she not trying harder to put structure to her, her life? Why is she not doing more? Like, if she doesn't have a job, she can, like, look into her hobbies a little more. So I was just very, like, critical of it, not from a what-the-fuck perspective, but more so from, like, I care about you. I want you to get your life back in order. And in my eyes, she was not trying. And that just made me super, super upset at the situation. And whenever I talked to her about it, I would sugarcoat it, which is not something I'm known for. But I would sugarcoat it and I'd be like, you know, like you should really like get your shit together. Um, and she would just be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I'd never wanted to push it because, of course, I didn't want to push her away. Mm -hmm. And when I got back to the U.S. after four months, we almost like off the bat didn't hang out a lot. Yeah. Because I feel like I was looking for rebounds and I was looking for people who were more like ambitious, go getters and stuff like that, because that's what I like to be surrounded by. And 
I don't know, it, it just like frustrated me that you weren't there, that you, that you weren't in that position where you were like ambitious and really trying to get a job. And, and because to me, what it looked like is you were straight chilling. Yeah. Um, w- tell me what it really felt like on your end. I mean, so, I mean, part of my... Before we, like, get to how I yeah, got yeah, to yeah. understand So, it. part of my plan for 2020 before COVID, mm-hmm. like, I was planning on leaving my job that I was, that I lost, mm-hmm. and finding a job that I was really passionate about, and, like, being able to spend the time and really, like, look for what I wanted and, like, not rush it. And then when COVID happened and I lost my job, at first I was like, oh, okay, like, no big deal. Like, mm-hmm. getting extra $600 a week. Like, I'm making more than I was making before. Like, mm-hmm. I had a couple of fun weeks where I was like, yay, unemployment. Which is fine, like, right. And then when, like, the gravity of the situation, like, hits, it's like, crap. Now I have to, like, rush to find a job mm-hmm. that I might not necessarily want because I need it. And the future is so uncertain. And that's, like, one of the things. It's, like, when you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, nobody knows what's going to happen for sure. Right. But when when things are so unsure, like, they are in COVID, like, they still are in COVID and everyone's over it and has the COVID fatigue, Mm -hmm. it's so daunting to try and, like, figure out your life when, like, the world can't even figure itself out. And it just was, like, this weight on my shoulder. And, like, every time I would just try to, like, work on my resume or apply for jobs, first of all, at the beginning, there were, like, no jobs. Like the- I don't agree with that. Because, okay. and the reason I'm saying that, and, and Lauren and I have agreed that we're going to be very transparent on this podcast. This is why I don't agree with that. I have friends who have lost their job at the same time as you and they were interviewing for other jobs day in and day out and were able to secure jobs and that's what added to my frustration because i'm like yeah it's a time where jobs are scar of course okay but those people don't have the same qualifications and they're not like necessarily in the same industry some of them are under more underqualified than you are and lauren's is such a fucking smart person and when she has like a job and something she cares about she will give it 150 percent and i know that because of how close we are and in april of 2019 massachusetts did the most hiring out of all of the states i'm sorry 2020 2020. i was like 2019 no in 2020 out of you know all states in the u.s so you know i'm having like friends getting jobs these stats and like again to me it's like why the fuck is lauren straight chilling when she's not in a comfortable place in her life so anyways I'll get it back to you. So what I was saying <laughs> is when I so when I first started looking, I first started looking like in April for jobs. And everything, so like I literally was on like LinkedIn and Indeed and I just typed in marketing. Like I didn't specify anything. I typed in marketing. And most, if not all of the jobs that I found in that month, that time I looked, and I wasn't looking like super seriously, was either like CEO, CMO, like high management, or like Lauren, intro. I believe in you. You could have been a CEO <laughs> of the bat. I'm like, yes, I'm very qualified for this job. <laughs> like it was, or introductory jobs that are probably going to pay like $30,000 a year. And right. like, I can't live off of that. So yeah, it's not that there were no jobs, mm-hmm. but as far as the jobs that I was looking for, like it was so limited. And it's not that I didn't apply. Mm-hmm. I applied to a ton of jobs, but I wasn't even hearing back from any of those jobs. And then like, a couple months ago, like when I was like really like interviewing, like all of a sudden I was getting like all these interview requests for jobs. Right. Because to me, the job market was definitely picking it back up. And 
like I understand that like you're you're seeing other people do it, but like not, you not can't everyone's compare. This, yeah, you can't compare. We're I not the same. That. We didn't like go to the same college, get the same degree, and right. have the same exact job experience. Right. And like I get that it's frustrating for you, and like I we've talked about this like a lot. Yeah, we we really like it was Lauren and I got to a point where I was like, can we ever like get our friendship back to where it was? Like that's how, that's to what point it got. And then we kind of both had to be, like, very vulnerable and understanding of where the other person was. Yeah. And I think that's where my understanding of, like, your state and, you know, you understood where I was coming from. That's where that all happened. Yeah. And I I remember saying to you, I'm like, don't just think I'm sitting around doing nothing. Mm -hmm. Because, like I said, like, anything I was trying to do because I was so depressed over those, like, months... Anything I tried to do was so hard and like I was trying so hard to just like be a functioning human being that Mm -hmm. like when it got to the point, there were some days where like, yeah, I could apply for jobs and there were some days where it was just like, it was too daunting of a task. Like I couldn't even like begin to like start doing it because it was just so overwhelming and I would get really discouraged Mm -hmm. if I'm looking for through like, okay, page one, page two, page three and there's nothing available to me or nothing that I'm remotely interested in. And I don't want to have a job that's, like, soul-sucking and, like, just, right. just to have a job to get a job. Like, that's not what I wanted at all. Right. And, yeah, I mean, COVID, it's, it's yeah. It was, it was, so that was what was going on on her end. But for me, I was, which, let's just remind everyone that you can never compare two situations or how two people are doing or how, like, j- just don't compare. And so for me, that is what I was doing at the time. And. Um, I was like, okay, I'm stranded in Morocco in like a remote city. Granted, I'm so blessed to be with my family and the people I love, but I have extremely weak Wi-Fi. Like all of my calls would drop my work calls. I was working 3 p.m. to midnight because of the uh, time difference. And I was teaching fitness classes and then I took on real estate classes because I'm like, I want to fill my time as much as possible because if I took a break to think about this is what's going on. We're in a pandemic and we don't know if we're going to make it out. That would, I would fall in like a hole of thought and that would be a rabbit hole for me. Yeah. So like I was keeping myself busy. I was being optimistic. I was being in the moment of like, I'm with people I love and you know, I'm blessed to still have my job. I'm blessed to have my health. We'll make the most out of it. And for me, I'm like, if I am in a situation like this, my dad was in another continent. Mm -hmm. I didn't know if I was going to see him again and I could be productive. Why can't she? And I wasn't doing this in like a, well, I'm better or something, but it's just more so because I want the best for her. Like if I love you and care about you, I want you to be your best self all the time. And I guess I just neglected that you are going through anxiety and depression and the first couple of months of the pandemic, we didn't talk as much because I'm like, I'm going to, people are dealing with the pandemic however they can and doing what they can. And I'm like, I'm going to let her do that. But when it was like two, three, four, five months, and I felt like you were still in the same state of mind, that's when I started to get frustrated. And again, I'm frustrated because I care. Because if I don't give a fuck about you, I don't give a fuck about you. Yeah. And that's that on that. Yeah. Um, and Lauren and I were having even complications talking about it because I was trying to be sensitive and like approach it nicely. But I'm such a tough love person. But I didn't want to give you tough love mm-hmm. because I was worried it would push you away. Because it does. Right. Like, it really like if I if I come to you and tell talk to you about something 
and your reaction, not that it's not what I'm expecting, but like right. if it's negative and like mm. we even had this issue the other day, like right. if you come at me in a negative way, mm. I don't want to experience that. Like I will not talk to you about that situation anymore because right. like I don't need, like I'm not going to actively seek out negativity. Right. Well, and what Lauren views as negativity, I view as me being realistic. And so what now we do is like when she comes to me with something, I'm like, do you want tough love or empathy? And she'll just tell me what she wants and I'll yeah. give her what she wants. Uh, but deep down, you almost know what I'm going to say. Right. And and it affects me that way because, like, your opinion means a lot to me. And, right. like, I really care what you have to say. And, like, right. I know you only have my best interest at heart. Mm-hmm. But it's it's just, like... Sometimes you do, that's not what you want to hear. Yeah. And, like, sometimes your, like, anxiety makes you feel like everyone hates you and, like, all your friends are mad at you. Like, I literally have those moments where, like, mm-hmm. you'll say something to me or, like, you'll be in a bad mood. And mm-hmm. then, like, I'm immediately, like, this is all my fault. Like, I did something. And, like... Our right. relationship's never going to be the same. Like, it's like those stupid thoughts that, like, pop into your head that are so annoying because, mm-hmm. I, again, I am such a fucking rational person. Like, right. I know that's not true, mm-hmm. but that's what comes into my head. Right. And I think that when I got back from Morocco and we were seeing each other, I, I feel like I felt foreign to our relationship because I could not be 100% myself. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't be like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Because that's how I would say it. And I was just like holding those emotions in. And I was like, again, seeking out friendships that are more like rebound. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lauren can never, ever, ever be replaced. But that never, was just ever. like, that was just like a time where I was like, I want to be surrounded by people who are equally as ambitious. Again, I did not know that anxiety was causing that because let's remember, I don't really know much about anxiety. And so when people used to talk to me about anxiety, I'm like, that is, that's your mind playing games. And like, you should be stronger than that. And you should be able to control your mind and you should, you know, be able, whatever you need to do, like work out, meditate, go on a walk. But then again, I've never been anxious. So I don't know if it's as easy as being like, let me meditate. Yeah. So I am a, I was a pretty stubborn person and I just realized that I could never like put myself in her shoes because I don't know what anxiety and depression feels like. And I think it was when I moved in with you <laughs> in September. So September, I moved in with September. Lauren. That was September. Oh so long ago. Uh, in September, I moved in with Lauren for one week and the goal was to kind of have her live like a week in my life and just kind of have someone to motivate her like wake up in the morning and work out eat healthy just be productive Mm -hmm. it was awesome because we got to spend so much time together but we were also nervous she was gonna hate me by the end of it um and i remember on the last day she she did so well we worked out every day we ate super healthy we had deep conversations and on the last day we went for like a long walk and i was like i literally cannot hold this anymore like you need to get your shit together. And I'm like, here's why and here's why. And I'm like, and you're privileged and you are an able-bodied person and you have the support of this and this person. And I just like what has been brewing in my heart for like six months. I was, it was like word vomit. Yeah. Um, and it was like a very emotional moment because it's not like you didn't know that. Right. You realize. Right. It's a lot harder when someone like says it out loud. Right. Even just talking, even just being like saying like I'm depressed or like I'm going through like a depressive episode, like just saying those words out loud, like it's so hard to even like come to terms because you don't want that to be the truth. Right. And I remember you were like, listen, I know it seems like I'm lazy or I'm not doing anything, but I am doing my best. And that's what I could do right now. And that's when it hit me. And I'm like, fuck, like maybe this is her best. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, 
maybe like the support for me is just I need to like learn more about depression and anxiety and what she's going through and just be more of a supporting friend. Yeah. Because what I worry about is just being so tough love, even if it's having your best interests at heart to the point where it pushes you away. Right. And I think that was kind of like my pivotal moment where I was like, fuck, like I need to look inwardly at how I react to these things. Yeah. Like not everybody can have like peaceful mental health and, and you know, not worry about small things. Mm-hmm. And um, that's when I like started reading into articles and stuff like that. I know. I, I literally sent me an article and I was like, here are 10 ways you can be a supportive and friend. And it's insane. And I love that like mental health and anxiety and stuff are, are normalized and that people are open talking about them and people are seeking therapy and stuff. Um, I think it's harder for people from maybe other cultures and other backgrounds. I don't know about other cultures and other backgrounds, but Morocco, for one, I speak for myself and probably the majority when I say like that's not something we grew up with. Mm -hmm. And so if you have friends that don't understand your anxiety, don't get frustrated with them. It's not your job to explain it to them. They can Google it, but just let them know what they can do to support you. Yeah. Because I feel like I was walking on eggshells for a long time and I like exploded. But that's also when you were like, well, here's what I need from you. Yeah. Um, But this is kind of like my perspective on it. What was your, were you mad at me for being so brutally honest with no, you? No, I never get mad at you when you say stuff like that. Like sometimes it's, fr- it's more like me getting like angry with myself to the fact that like my actions are like having an impact on someone else. And mm-hmm. like the fact that you were so frustrated with me when like I really like didn't, like I knew that you were like, you, why don't you do this? And like you need to get your shit together. Like, like I knew you were saying that, but I didn't realize like how much, how it was like actually affecting oh you and like God. how frustrated you yeah. were. And that, I mean, like... Yeah, it was a wake-up call. I mean, it wasn't, again, it wasn't anything I didn't already know. Right. Um, But, like, sometimes, I mean, and also, like, I'm so grateful to have you as a friend because even though you don't understand it, like, you're still, like, 100% supportive no matter what. Yeah. And, like, yeah, you have to learn about it and, like, like you said, like, it's not my job to teach you, but I can still, like, help you find the resources to go about it. Right. And, like, even with... Like, my PTSD from... Because I, like, survived, like, a house fire. Mm -hmm. Like fire alarms yeah just like people don't and it's it's one of those things that everyone forgets about me and like when it happens I like twitch yeah and like I get like really stressed out and like you you will like look at me and you'll be like okay like let's like are you okay like do you need to like go and and like honestly like my depression has got was definitely pre-covid made worse by the Mm -hmm. fire because it that's like a, a huge like traumatic like life event right and like that's doesn't help because I literally think about that every single day and mm. something reminds me of every single day. Like today at work, I was on Facebook during a break <laughs> and I saw a news article about a house fire and that there were like a bunch of cats in the house and that like they only saved half the cats. Mm. And like, I just immediately started crying. Like yeah. I just immediately started crying. And yeah. it's like, that's the thing that really like hurts me the most is like that I have those triggers mm-hmm. that will set me off. And it's like so annoying because it's so like has such a big effect on my life right. and how I feel. And when I'm always having like those negative thoughts, like it doesn't help me not be depressed. 
Yeah, I think that that is something that's more commonly experienced, PTSD, yeah. by people who have had traumatic events in their lives. And right. that's, I think, across all cultures, right? Yeah. So, like, when people go through, let's be extreme, domestic violence, rape, things like that, that's things you can never forget. Right. And small things are going to trigger them. So, Lauren and I started watching Sin- The Sinner yesterday. Oh, my God. Um, we're on episode one, so please don't ruin it for us. But, like, we can tell that that chick has some trauma from past experiences. So, I... I Oh, that would never be held against you. Yeah. You were part of a very scary experience um, where, you know, you were in a house fire. Um, unfortunately, her cat at the time died, which is why Lauren talked about cats. And that's a very, that's a tough moment. That that will never be held against you. Yeah. It's more so like the day to day. Right. And that's not, not that I'm saying that that's held against you, but I'm saying that like what my frustration stems from. And actually, now that we talk about it, I think what's most frust- what was most frustrating to me is that knowing that there was nothing I could do to help. So yeah. it's almost like inward. Hire because me. I'm like, because I'm Just like, hire me. Well, that's, well, I was thinking to myself, like, do you need like workout motivation? Because, you know, working out endorphins gets you in a good mood. I'm like, do you need like someone to work out with you? I'll do that for you. Do you need someone to like send you a text every morning to be like, hey, you're amazing. You're going to crush it. I'll do that. Do you need someone to listen to you vent? I'll do that. So, but it's not something I can do for you. It's something you have to do for yourself. Yeah. And that's, I think I was just frustrated because I'm such like a giving person that likes to be used as a resource. And mm-hmm. I was not able to be used as a resource in that situation. Could have just sent me cash. It's I mean, re- it's a resource. here, let me write you a check right now. <laughs> Hand me my pocketbook. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> um, cash always helps. <laughs> but... Yeah, I think, like, now that we're talking about it months and months later, it's also, like, me being frustrated with myself not being able to help you in that situation. Yeah. (sighs) (sighs) That's a deep conversation. This is something that Lauren and I, like, we don't necessarily talk around people about, but I think that friends might be experiencing the same thing where someone is going through anxiety and someone doesn't understand it. And we've been friends for 11 years and it took me 10 years yeah. to understand where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just, any, anything you want to add to that? Yeah, just like some things about like how to be a supportive friend to someone who's going through something. And it doesn't necessarily even have to be like a diagnosed mental illness. But like if someone's going through something, like don't pry for information. I feel like that's a thing people are like, oh, well, what's wrong? Tell me everything. Like what, what right. happened? Tell me. Right. Mia would be like, what exactly happened that is making you anxious? And I'm like, literally I'm such nothing. A, I'm such a data-driven person. Even when people give me feedback, I'm like, can you give me examples? Because That stresses me out to <laughs> no end. But so you know why? Because I want to know what triggered that. Because something, like if someone, if for instance, you're like, hey, I thought you were insensitive at a time where I needed you. That could mean different things to you yeah. than it does to me. So I'm like, okay, can you give me an example so that I will make sure that things like that episode don't, you know, happen again? But Lauren doesn't isn't talking. I don't think you're talking about us when you're saying pry for information because I feel like no, I no, know no, everything no. about you. Yeah, you know that's everything different. About but I'm me. just saying, like in general, like, yeah. like don't like ask for ask how you can support them. Like right. you don't need every single detail. Yeah, of, like, you don't need to know what on. triggered it. Yeah, because like there are ways you can help someone without knowing every single detail about what's going on with them. Um, I think another thing is that, like, if you have a friend who's usually, like, very outgoing and, like, talkative and, like, they kind of disappear, like, make sure you check on them because, like, there's a very good chance that they could be going through something. I know for me, like, when I'm really going through it, like, I don't even like to, like, talk, like, text or Mm -hmm. call. And Mia will be like, 
where'd you go? What's up? <laughs> What's going on? Where have you been? And like sometimes like I, like I do just want to like be left alone. Like I'm just like, listen, I'm just not having a good day. Like, like right. let's talk tomorrow type of thing. But like if you notice like a, a big change in someone who's normally like very talkative, then that's like a good time to like ask them. Just check on just, them. And honestly, like just asking anyone like how their day is and how they've been doing lately can have a really big impact because like we've talked about like you never know what someone's going through yeah absolutely just being kind to everyone yeah and i mean there have definitely been times where like i'm so on edge when i'm out in public that i'm Mm -hmm. like if one person (laughs) pisses me off like i'm just gonna break down (laughs) like i just like there are moments where like i feel so fragile that i need everything to be okay right and and so you know, you get kind of averse to like doing certain things and going out in public. Like you said before, like I'm the, I have the kind of anxiety where like it pushes me to do stuff. Right. Whereas like some people have like really bad social anxiety and like they can't even like be out in crowds. Right. Like I'm a social butterfly. I love being out in crowds. Like I love being around people. I love meeting new people. I'm not anxious about that at all, but it it is something that a lot of people deal with. And if you do deal with it, um, you know, just make sure your friends understand where you're coming from. But and don't like force your so like for anybody who has social anxiety, if you want to go out and your friend is just not comfortable in a public setting, don't force them to go out and and don't like press the matter and don't say no 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 it's gonna be okay like just be understanding and be there for them. I you know what I mean because maybe they are a people pleaser and they will go out with you to you know make you happy, but that's not good for their mental health. Yeah, and they're miserable. The and they're miserable time. exactly. So. Checking in on people. And these are all things, believe it or not, that I just learned within the last six to eight months. Um, And I will say for anyone who does have, who, you know, anxiety or depression or anything of the sort, just also make sure you give your friends the resources in which they can support you. Again, I'm not telling you to go out of your way to explain this. We have Google. Um, We don't, you don't need to like break it down to your friends. Um, But maybe tell them what your preferred way of them supporting you is because, for me, sometimes I get like, well, obviously, Lauren and I have been friends for such a long time that I we can be very candid with each other. But sometimes I get nervous of like, oh, my God, should I like go to her house and surprise her? Or is she in that mood where she doesn't want to talk to anyone? And should I say, hey, I'm here to talk when you want to? So just say what your preference is, because that will make it easier for us who don't know yeah like how to deal with no, it yeah i totally get i totally get what you're saying yeah and another thing this was in the article i sent you it's like to understand that like when someone's going through something like they're trying their best yeah like i like i feel like i try so hard just to like be a functioning human being yeah and it's so exhausting and like just just know that like i mean unless you see them doing like something destructive like really like tearing into drugs drinking a lot you know, yeah. just any, any like bad behaviors, like that's when you can call them out and be like, Hey, like you're not in a good place and you're not doing well. Like we need to figure out like how right. to help you. But just, just understand that like when, when you have, my therapist always tells me you have 60,000 thoughts a day. And when a majority of those thoughts are negative or overwhelming, mm-hmm. it really has an impact on you. So just, just know that like we're trying our best. Right. And like, if you are, if you are someone who does not suffer from anxiety or depression but have people in your life who do it's and I was kind of like that person where I was like why is it hard for you to do stuff why is it hard for you to function and one thing that you said that stuck out in the beginning is like life is hard as is that's not how I was raised looking at life so that's Mm -hmm. another difference I always saw life as like something happy that we take advantage of and make the best out of 
Um, so that might be another like different outlook that we have. Yeah. And not to say that you think life is miserable, but just even like speaking that into existence is something that I've never done. To yeah. me, it's like, let's make every day count. You never know when your last day on earth is. So we're going to look at it positively. Um, but again, it, it, one of the hardest things for me was just because I was so go, go, go and I was like, why can't Lauren be like this? To just be understanding that maybe to them they are trying their best and what they're giving at that very moment is their best. Yeah. And I, I wasn't raised that, like, life is hard. But I feel like that is kind of like a me- like an American mentality. Yeah. Like, yeah, life sucks and then you die. Like, so Yeah, it's so like a dog-eat-dog like, dog Yeah, world. definitely make the most of it. But, like, yeah, like, life sucks. And, like, you know, like, people are very negative in general yeah. and like th- I don't remember like a specific time where like someone said that where I was like oh yeah they're right you're right yeah but I think like even just from living life as an adult mm. like it's hard it's, yeah it's not easy for anybody like even the richest people have mental health illness yeah yeah mental illness, and, and you're absolutely. like how, why are you sad you have so much money yeah yeah, that's a, that's a whole different topic but I get what you're saying and I'm not saying like it's a breeze but I think that you know once you start once you start like having like a healthier mindset and you're getting better and you're working on yourself there are things like for example something that has helped me a lot just be better and be less stubborn and and control my emotions and and my anger and stuff I've never had anger management or anything by the way but huge anger I started reading the daily stoic which I recommend to everyone um, and it just, it's one page a day and it just talks about like the Stoics and how they handle things. And it's just stuff like you, your reaction to situations is what creates h- how you feel about a situation and, and you are in control of your emotions and you are, the more you're in control of your emotions, the more you're in control of the situations and things like that. So when things like the dude driving this morning flipped me off, old me would have been like, what the fuck? I would have like tried to make eye contact and like cut him off. But yeah. I was just like, you know what? I'm sorry for you, sir. So just like things like that, you know, just um, I don't know. I, I know you read some of my Daily Stoic and you liked it. Mm-hmm. But do you think that even reading things like that and, and kind of like diving into that stuff would help? Um, with your outlook on the day-to-day yeah and one of the things that I like when I really started to like work on it was like you know when I started seeing a therapist that wasn't that long ago that was November yeah that I started seeing a therapist yeah and like that was at a time where I was like I need this or I am not gonna move forward like you know I was going through like a really really hard time and like I was like I, if I don't like I'm gonna exp- like if I don't see someone and like talk about this like I'm gonna explode and one of right. the things that I was really working on was changing like my mindset and how I thought about things mm. and changing my perspective and like seeing things that are difficult as like opportunities right. and, and I have that like I have a hard day at work and I'm like oh my god like I have to quit my job like I suck at this and like everything like that's literally like the thoughts that I have right where I'm like okay nobody has yelled at me about this nobody said anything mm-hmm. like it's not an issue like like I make issues that aren't issues. Right. And so just changing, being aware of your thoughts and like how they're impacting your feelings. Right. And really just like changing the way you, you interpret them or you let them affect your life. That's like been huge for me. Yeah. And is that something you've learned through readings or what do you think has helped you with that, that you could recommend? Therapy. (laughs) I I mean, I I mean, yeah, we, we, 
praise and preach therapy like that is something that everybody needs and even if I don't feel like I need it it is something that I'm looking into right now it is damn hard to get a therapist that's the thing let me tell you that years it's taken me years and years and years and I got lucky because the therapist I have I reached out to her like months before I was going through a hard time and I got put on her wait list yeah and she just happened to like yeah, have an opening like when I needed it. Yeah, and so that was huge for me. But like again, it's it's so hard to find. And even if you find one, they might not be the right match. Yeah. For also, you know, just switch them up. You don't have to stick to the same one. I think it's kind of like trying new brands of like concealer. You know, one might you might like, but doesn't work for you, and you try another one until you find the right one. So I think it's fine to you know seek different therapists until you find the one that's right for you. Yeah. You have to actively look. Like, oh, you have act- to actively It's like looking look. for a job. Like, you have to, like, keep, keep, keep looking. Yeah, but definitely recommended. Um, well, to wrap this up, do you have any closing remarks, advice, thoughts? I know this was a very uh, kind of, like, deep topic for you and close to, close to home. Yeah, I mean, just, like, I always tell myself when I'm, like, really down that like I know that like it's gonna get better because like it has to because mm-hmm. like it can't get any worse right and like even that like the the picture I have on my wall that I bought that I love and it says even the darkest night will end and the sun will rise again mm-hmm. like even like there's always tomorrow and I know it's like all these like cliche things but no like, but they're right but if you just like think like listen like I like acknowledge that you're in a bad space mm-hmm. and I try to do that even when I'm like really in a bad space yeah it doesn't change how I feel but it's acknowledging that, like, I know that, like, I can be happy because, like, I've been happy before. Right. It, it's... Like, you can go back to that state yeah. of happiness. Like, it has to get better. Yeah. Because, like, like, it just has to. Yeah. Um, I don't feel fit to give advice or tips on this just because it's not something that I um, suffer from. But I will say that a couple of pick-me-ups, because even the best, the most, I don't know, non anxious person has down days and I think that things that work for me when I'm not having a great day is I always write down things that I enjoy doing journaling well besides journaling I I write down things that I enjoy doing so if I'm listening to a song and I'm really in a vibe and I'm enjoying it I'll write that down if I like um I don't know like have a long FaceTime with a friend that I haven't spoken to in a while, I'll write that down in a, in a while. I'll write that down and then I'll go, when I'm having a bad day, I'll go through that list of things that make me happy mm. and I'll pick like two or three things to do from that list. Mm. Um, that's one. I, you know, I will always recommend this, but working out or just some kind of movement. It doesn't have to be crazy. Go for a walk. Those indoor, yeah, go for a walk, uh, move your body, do a uh, yoga class on YouTube. Like there's... 15 minute ones um but that's always something that helps you kind of just release your thoughts guided meditation is also good like when you're overwhelmed by your own thoughts like just trying to get to a place where like you're like clearing your mind like no thoughts no thoughts at all um Um, but journaling is another thing I can't believe I haven't brought this up until now that was something that like my therapist like strongly recommended is like when you are in a moment where you're not having good thoughts or you don't feel good or like something is bothering you like if you write it down then you can kind of like go back to it mm-hmm. I saw this TikTok let me just describe it really quick um where it was like me me six out of the day six out of the seven days of the week and it was like a girl in the mirror and she's like 
fuck you, you're so fat, you're so ugly, like I hate you so much. And then it was like me at therapy later that week. I don't know what to talk about. I just, <laughs> I'm just, everything's fine. Oh, and that happens so often yeah. because I'll get to therapy and I'll be like, I don't even know. Like unless I like right. pre-plan something to talk about, I'm like. Because you don't have stuff documented. Yeah, if that day is going well, I'm like, yeah, everything's great. Yeah. But like two days ago, I was like crying. Right. Because of like whatever. Right. So, so writing down things in the moment so that you can like, and even like go back and be like, okay, this thing bothered me this many times. Like I need to do something about right. it. Right. Right. And Lauren gave me a journal as one of our, uh, my Christmas yeah. gifts. Um, it was Christmas gift from, <laughs> from the Jew it was to such, the Muslim. It was such a customized, beautiful journal. And I, you gave it to me December and we're what, March? Mm-hmm. And I still write in it religiously. Mm-hmm. And I've always started like diaries and things like that oh, as a kid. Diary. But I never, I never like continued doing that. But journaling is something that I love because it's like, you have that little voice in you and you're able to kind of like let out everything that yeah, you get felt. your thoughts out of your head get your thoughts out of your head write them down analyze them do what you need to do but another thing that i do is i do um gratitude in my journaling so i'll do three things i'm grateful for, for that day and then a good habit um and in knowing that i have to journal that day i will make sure to go out of my way to make sure i do something good that day and it just becomes routine you're just such like a dedicate like you're so good at like you're just so self-motivated like that's how we're like so opposite but that's why we're you're here like, for each other i have to write something in my journal like fuck, I, have to think about. <laughs> I know i literally i'm like, I'm like what is my good habit i'm like if i don't have anything to write about i'm just gonna skip writing in my journal too. <laughs> no i and i enjoy it i really i really it like really it really helps though like so thank you that's one of the best gifts i've ever gotten oh my god you're so welcome um awesome wow this episode was longer than we expected we just had a lot to say okay yeah relax sorry not sorry <laughs> um um, and then, do you want to do the small business shout out? Yeah, I can't imagine why you wouldn't want to do it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so right. to go with, you know, working out and staying active, which is something that I am awful at. <laughs> people are always like, Mia's your best friend. Like, why don't you work out more often? I'm like, have you ever worked out with Mia? <laughs> Honestly, tell me if you ever Three worked out, out with Mia. Three out of five people throw up the first day. <laughs> yeah. But um, so Mia does fitness classes, virtual fitness classes, something that she started at the beginning of quarantine when people weren't able to go to the gym anymore and like a lot of people were just so devastated by that so she offers three times a week monday wednesday friday these virtual workout classes and it's not just a class you really become like part of a community it's it's all women it's right? all women right now yeah. it's all women right now um i'm in the whatsapp group because i went to like one class <laughs> two <laughs> classes more than yeah yeah, yeah. But um, it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. I'm, I am going to start coming again now that I'm, like, Yay. getting up. Because I'm awake at that. Sometimes I'm awake and I see the, the text and I'm like, oh, uh-huh. oh, no, I should go. But, like, the community aspect of it, of, like, having this group of women to, like, ask about, like, different, like, foods to eat, recipes, like. And just, like, friends. Yeah, just, like, really friends. friendly. Yeah. yeah. And, like, it's such an amazing group of women. Um, who are really dedicated and like there are some people who like are so consistent with it and it's just amazing and and if you're really looking for an affordable and really like good fast hit workout it's fifteen dollars for the whole week that's so much cheaper than any gym membership you'll ever get and it's again Monday Wednesday Friday 8 8 a.m. Eastern Um, all classes are recorded so if you do miss a class because you can't make it life happens we're human it is sent to you so even when you do it at home it's as if you are part of the class because it's recorded Um, we do all hit style so it's a lot of cardio we do a lower body hit upper body hit and then a full body hit with core and definitely my favorite part of it is the community so there's a whatsapp group of all of the women that 
come to my classes and they're just amazing. Not only do they motivate each other, but they motivate me and they keep me on my toes and they hold each other accountable. So if one of them's like, oh, I'm sleepy, like I don't want to get out of bed, they're like, get up, let's go. <laughs> one of the other things I love is that if you can't make it to a class, they do it without you. Yes. They'll do the recording. Oh my God. I Like for example, this coming Friday, I have class. I have uh, my MBA classes once a month and they'll do it without me. I'll give them the workout and they'll just do it. That's how motivated they are. Yeah, I love that. It's fascinating. So if you guys are interested in that, thank you, Lauren, for the shout out. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, you can DM me uh, at either at Mia Ben or at Body by Mia Ben. Um, if you want to try a class, that's completely fine as well. So just reach out to me and we'll uh, talk it through. My Amazing. God, we're coming Ooh. to an hour. My goodness. All right. Um, all right. Well, well, I'm surprised that. I didn't cry during this episode, but that's uh, something great. to be thankful for. Lauren, sweetie. Oh, <laughs> you're doing mom. great. But yeah, we hope you guys love it here as much as we love it here. Yeah. And we will catch you in our next episode. Bye, we guys. Love you. Love you.